Well, good afternoon, everybody. Good morning to some of you in different parts of the United States. I'm not Tony Katz. That's probably obvious right now. But I am Kira Davis, editor-at-large for RedState.com, host of Just Listen to Yourself with Kira Davis. And it is it's a pleasure to be back again with you guys broadcasting from the heartland and throughout the United States. I am so thrilled to be here. Uh, as you guys know, Tony and I are good friends. He's been a mentor of mine for a long time. So it's always a privilege to be able to talk to his audience. And uh, we've got a lot coming up today. So much to discuss. Is the news not crazy now or what? I feel like I'm going crazy. I feel like I'm losing my mind. One of the big reasons that I feel this way is because at Red State, we have been fending off censorship and getting banned from our pages on Facebook and our accounts on Twitter. We have been fending that off since January, since the Capitol riots. And we've been telling the truth about things. And even though we're sourcing our articles, we're making sure everything is linked and everything can be proven that we're seeing, we're, we've still been getting banned. And yet, now suddenly the mainstream media is coming around and they're reporting the stuff that we reported or tried to report two or three months ago uh, that we had some of it we had to withdraw some of it we just couldn't publish because we were being threatened with having our site basically taken offline for all intents and purposes so we've had to tread lightly here on the right it's not just us it's it's every kind of right-wing website but now the mainstream media can't ignore the problems that we've been having with Fauci, with all of these uh, all of these uh, policies that are going forward in states regarding COVID, with the misinformation that the left have, has been putting out about COVID, it's almost impossible to ignore the absolute crap show that has become the United States. Can you believe that it is only June? It's only. June. We are mere months into this presidency. <laughs> and the the United States is, it feels like things are worse now than they were during the shutdowns. It's just insane. And I think it's becoming so obvious for people that it's getting really hard to ignore the issues. When you've got the vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris, who should be, uh, I mean, we should be hearing about this woman every day. We should be hearing about the amazing gains she's making in politics every day. She's the first woman vice president. And also, I think we're supposed to be uh, impressed that she's uh, the first Asian and black vice president. As a black woman, I kind of resent that I have to like spend this first on Kamala Harris when she gets to claim the other uh, first. But whatever, I don't get to make these decisions. So she's our first black vice president and first Asian vice president. And she should be out there doing amazing things, right? Biden or Biden's people, I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how much Biden is really doing or ordering or how much he even knows what's going on, to be quite honest. Uh, but Biden put her in charge of the border crisis. Okay, when Trump put um, Pence in, in charge of the COVID response, we saw Pence every day, didn't we? We saw we we saw him on the news. We saw him on. Uh, uh, we saw him on every program. He was giving interviews. He was talking about what was going on. He gave a press conference every day. The COVID crisis was a big deal. Obviously, it still is. But but we saw him every day. 
with different officials. He gave us updates. The border crisis is, a, is kind of a big deal. It's such a big deal that the president appointed the vice president to oversee it. And yet we've heard absolutely zero from her. And in fact, the one time the corporate press decided to ask her a question about it, she deflected and said <laughs> and laughed at it. Basically, she laughed at it. This woman should be making historic gains in politics for women. We should see her all over the place, and yet we don't. Don't you find that suspicious? My personal opinion is because she's an empty suit. I'll give this to Hillary Clinton. Like it, love it, or hate it, there's substance behind her. You know, it might not be the substance that we like. It might not be the point of view that we like. But Hillary Clinton is a wickedly intelligent woman, and she could back up her positions with rhetoric and with discussion. And of course, as a as a person who leans right, I always thought it was kind of BS, but I, I never once looked at Hillary. I have a lot of opinions about Hillary Clinton as a politician, but I never once looked at her and thought, boy, she's an absolute idiot. She is not there. She She has no control over what's going on around her. I think we all would agree that Hillary Clinton had dictator and probably still does has dictator like control over the people around her. And she knows how to control the message and control her image. Now, that fell apart in 2016 when the media really couldn't keep up with what Trump was doing. But I'll give Hillary Clinton that. But Kamala Harris, she doesn't seem to have that that oomph, that thing. And I hope this isn't too controversial. <laughs> Do I, though? No, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't want to mess around with Tony's airwaves too much by saying something too crazy. But what, what I will say is this. And the reason I express a little hesitancy is because there are times when I am on shows talking about this where it will make people uncomfortable. It seems to be crossing like a personal line. But this is how I honestly feel. I don't think Joe Biden is really in control. Uh, I don't think he's really leading. And I think that the Democrat Party picked Kamala Harris for the same reason. That I don't think Joe Biden picked Kamala Harris. They had, if you recall, which we're all supposed to memory hole the, the entire uh, primary season. Um, but if you recall, they had a very nasty, a couple of nasty exchanges on the stage before Kamala's entire campaign fell all the way apart. She was such a terrible candidate that the moment she had more than 15 seconds to speak on that stage, because remember, there was like 100 candidates and then they all would get like 15 or 20 seconds to talk. The minute she had more than 15 seconds to talk, her campaign sunk like a stone in the ocean. I mean, it was epic how quickly it crashed. As it turns out, people didn't like hearing from her. So then you have to kind of connect those dots. You got to draw on Just Listen to Yourself, my podcast, which is available wherever you find your podcast. You have to try to draw. I, I ask people to draw out their talking points to, the, to their logical conclusion. I don't think we extend our logic on talking points enough. Sometimes it can be revealing. Sometimes it can show us that we're not saying what we think we're saying. So I think it's important to draw out this Kamala Harris vice presidency to its logical conclusion. If you think about what a terrible candidate she was, how she torpedoed her own campaign just by talking, 
And it wasn't Republicans that torpedoed this. This was during their primary. We already had our guy. This was their fight. So even Democrats hated her so much that she basically flunked out of the primaries very early on. So why is she the vice president? I think it's because she isn't like a Hillary Clinton. I think she is kind of the definition of an empty suit. We have a lot of those here in California. I'm broadcasting uh, to you all from California. but um, And I'm sure you've heard a lot of our news, but we've got a lot of empty suits here in California. The mayor of L.A. is traditionally an empty suit, and that's one of the most influential cities in the nation. And our governor is for sure an empty suit. We're working on recalling him. Uh, The recall has gone through. We'll vote in the fall. And he's really pulling out all the stops to bribe us with with money and programs. But there's nothing to him. There's nothing underneath. And it's the same with Kamala. And I think that's purposeful. Because I think whoever decided that this is what the next Democrat administration was going to look like, and again, I don't think it was Joe Biden, they they needed people who could be easily controlled by proxy. That's how I feel. And I I don't think that that is, I don't think that that's that controversial, but man, these days, what what passes for controversial is shocking. So I I just think that it is a, a really weird thing that Kamala is kind of not around. She's not really, again, if... Okay, fine. Joe Biden is maybe not all there. And so and he's calling lids early and he's going to take his naps or whatever. Uh, we don't hear from him much. Okay, I think we all can square that away. We, we get it. But that would seem to me an opportunity for this first, you know, of a vice president to really step up and seize the leadership reins and get out there and, and be like, this is what I'm doing. And I'm doing this and I'm taking action. And, you know, we just kind of see her diddling around last night she gave cookies to the journalists on air force two they were cookies of her face (laughs) on d-day i don't know (laughs) i don't know what's in store for us but i do know that something's up something's fishy here right you guys i i i i'm imagining all of you agreeing with me right now i think i've laid out my case There's something fishy here, but the people we're told are in control, I don't think they're in control. And that's why they're not taking these opportunities to really uh, take advantage of the first that Kamala Harris is. And then now the rest of it is just a big old mess. If it feels to you like we're in utter chaos in this country right now, and you can't really tell which way is up, I think that's purposeful. I think that is that is purposeful. And that is what happens when you don't have good leadership. At least when Trump was president, okay, I'm sure a lot on on the left would describe his presidency as utter chaos. But there was no doubt who was in control. And we heard, we we read think pieces about it every single day from the left. Uh, they, They hated that he was in control, but there was no doubt that he was in control. Maybe he was... The, the turnover in his administration was a lot, and, but, but he was in control and people knew that. And I think what we're seeing happening on the global scale right now is because it is pretty obvious that no one's in control 
here. All right, when we, we're going to go to a break, but when we come back, I'm, I want to talk about, speaking of control, I want to talk about Dr. Fauci, Fauci's foul-ups. Boy, oh boy, you guys, at Red State, we've been breaking news left and right, and again, having to jump through hoops to get this news out to you. And now, finally, the left-wing media is is picking up. So in the next half hour, I'm going to have Red State Managing Editor Jennifer Van Lahr, who's broken some of these stories, to come on and explain to you exactly how bad this Fauci situation is. I think he's going under, you guys. And I'll, and but, but when we come back from the break, I'm going to play some clips of Fauci and Rand Paul so we can set up why we all need to really be concentrating on this Fauci story. We haven't heard the half of it. It's about to blow up. Don't go anywhere. I'm Kira Davis filling in for Tony Katz, and you're listening to Tony Katz Today. Welcome back, everybody, to Tony Katz Today. I am your guest host, Kira Davis, host of Just Listen to Yourself with Kira Davis, available wherever you find your podcast, editor-at-large for redstate.com, and non-stop talker. I'm also a dog person. I uh, I will tolerate cats if I need to, but definitely a dog person, and we're, fo- we're a foster family, uh, so we have a foster dog. Uh, that's staying with us right now. And, uh, you know, I'll take cats if I have to, but I don't find them to be superior animals. Let's get to this Fauci clip because I want to play it because it's going to set up what Jennifer Van Lauer and I are going to talk about in the next half hour. This is Rand Paul grilling Fauci on gain of function research. It's a few minutes long, but I want you to hear the whole thing because I think a lot of people are confused about what this gain of function thing is and why it's important. And Rand Paul lays out the whole thing. And then you listen to Fauci lie at the end. Jennifer's going to come on and talk about what a lie this is. All right, cue that up. Go ahead. Government authorities, self-interested in continuing gain-of-function research, say there's nothing to see here. Gain-of-function research, as you know, is juicing up naturally occurring animal viruses to infect humans. To arrive at the truth, the U.S. government should admit that the Wuhan Virology Institute was experimenting to enhance the coronavirus's ability to infect humans. Juicing up super viruses is not new. Scientists in the U.S. have long known how to mutate animal viruses to infect humans. For years, Dr. Ralph Barrick, a virologist in the U.S., has been collaborating with Dr. Shi Zengli of the Wuhan Virology Institute, sharing his discoveries about how to create super viruses. This gain-of-function research has been funded by the NIH. The collaboration between the U.S., and the Wuhan Virology Institute continues. Doctors Barrick and Xi worked together to insert bat virus spike protein into the backbone of the deadly SARS virus, and then used this man-made supervirus to infect human airway cells. Think about that for a moment. The SARS virus had a 15% mortality. We're fighting a pandemic that has about a 1% mortality. Can you imagine if a SARS virus that's been juiced up and had viral proteins added to it, to the spike protein, if that were released accidentally? Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan? Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now 
fund gain of function research in the Wuhan Institute. Do they fund of Dr. Barrick? We do not fund. Do you fund gain, Dr. Barrick's gain of function research? Dr. Barrett does not doing gain of function research, and if it is, it's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted in North Carolina. Not you don't think inserting a bat virus spike protein that he got from the Wuhan Institute into the SARS virus is gain of function? That is you would not be in the minority because at least 200 scientists have signed a statement from the Cambridge Working yeah. Group saying that it is gain of function. Well, it is not. And if you look at the grant and you look at the progress reports, it is not gain of function, despite the fact that people tweet that. So do you still support sending money to the Wuhan Virology Institute? We do not send money now to the the Wuhan uh, Virology Institute. you support sending money? We did. Under your tutelage, we were sending it through EcoHealth. It was a sub-agency and a sub-grant. Do you support the money from NIH that was going to the Wuhan Institute? Let me explain to you why that was done. The SARS-CoV-1 originated in bats in China. It would have been irresponsible of us if we okay, did not stop it right there, investigate. Uh, that it, you can hear him flip flopping right there in the clip. You know, did, did no, we didn't. We didn't fund. Well, we did, but we weren't doing this. Well, well, we didn't work with the Wuhan lab. Well, we did, but it wasn't for this. I mean, this guy. I don't think Dr. Fauci has ever been asked to be held accountable for any of the decisions he's made. He's worked with such impunity. I think that'll ultimately be his downfall. And believe me, I'm going to explain next in the next half hour how I, I do think Fauci's on his way out the door. I think this is all a setup for him to be the scapegoat because this has been a disastrous takeover of what President Trump started. And President Trump isn't clear and, and free from from his poor handling, I think, of the PR around COVID, which probably led a, a lot to what we experienced in the 2020 election. But there you're watching Fauci flip-flop right in front of your eyes. So keep that in mind. And thank God for Rand Paul. Keep that in mind. As we move into the next half hour, we're going to come back with Jennifer Van Lahr, editor, uh, managing editor for Red State. She's been breaking Fauci news, uh, some stuff that is really, really important. You need to hear this. Don't go anywhere. I'm Kira Davis. I'm filling in for Tony Katz, and you're listening to Tony Katz Today. Welcome back to Tony Katz Today. I'm your guest host, Kira Davis, editor-at-large for redstate.com, host of Just Listen to Yourself. You can find that uh, podcast wherever you find your podcast. This past week, I actually took on the the concept of colorblindness and why I don't think for conservatives that should be our 
goal. And so if you want to check that out and hear all the arguments I make, go to Apple iTunes or Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. And then, you know, write to me, tell me what you think. It was definitely one that prompted a lot of response. All right. But getting back to the subject at hand, Flip-Flop Fauci is really doing a number on this country. And the, he... His very presence has exposed a lot of lies that have been fed to us about this virus and about our response to the virus. And Red State has been breaking news on this left and right. We're not necessarily getting the credit for it uh, because that would not behoove the mainstream media. But we're, we've been breaking news left and right. One of the dogged reporters on this issue who has been digging and digging and digging for months is my boss and the managing editor at redstate.com, Jennifer Van Lars. She's going to talk to us about what's going on with Fauci. Jennifer, welcome to Tony Katz Today. So great to be here, Kira. All right, let's get into it. This is a big deal. I played the full, just before you came on, just before we went to break, I played the clip of Rand Paul grilling Fauci on gain-of-function research because I wanted the, the, it's a little confusing if you're not sure what the terms are, so I wanted the audience to understand why this is a big deal because in the clip, Jennifer, Fauci outright lies to Rand Paul. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and not only that, but as he's speaking, he's reversing his lies. I mean, it was just incredible. I mean, thank God for Rand Paul, right? Exactly. That guy has been on this. He and Tom Cotton have really taken a lot of heat from the media and all of Fauci's uh, fangirls about their questioning. They're, just, they're supposed to accept what Fauci says, and I'm so glad they haven't. Well, tell us why it's sh that this should matter to the average American what, that Fauci is lying about gain of function. This might just seem to to some people like, okay, this is just kind of a, a bureaucratic speak, and and you know what is the big deal? Whether he knew about gain of function or not, the virus is here. What is the big deal? Can you explain why people should really be concerned about this? Yeah, and it, it is really difficult to understand. Steve Hilton had a great video last night, and I'm not sure if you've talked about that yet. But I haven't. He's on I watched, Fox News. Yep. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I, I watched his piece, and it made me mad, but I, then I thought about it because my mom was sitting with me and another friend, and they were looking at me, why are you so mad? And it, it hit <laughs> me that I was so mad because I've been following this, and I understood exactly what he was saying. But for people who hadn't already been following the story, they would think, what, what the heck is happening here? So gain-of-function research, and, and Fauci even talked about it in this video, it's things where you take a virus and you make it more transmissible, like something that maybe doesn't spread very fast or very easily. They, they mutate it uh, manually so that it will, or they make it more pathogenic where it's going to do more damage to the person, or they do things called uh, host range, alter the host range. So something that's maybe only in bats or horses or birds can now exist in humans. So Jeez. we've been doing research on these SARS viruses to do all of these things over the last 10 years or so. NIH has been funding this throughout the world, including at Wuhan. And there were two brand new SARS viruses created at Wuhan that couldn't have been in humans before, but after they engineered them, could infect humans and specifically human airway epithelial cells. Those are the ones that have the little cilia in them that take your anything that comes into your body and tries to get foreign things out. It's your first line of immune defense. So what happens when you don't have that? That's I think terrifying. we all saw that for the last year. 
that's terrifying. And what's more terrifying is the idea that, I mean, I would expect our government to be working on this kind of stuff. You know, if it, if somebody else is working on it, then we should definitely, it's, it's kind of like it's national security, right? You would expect that. Exactly. We wouldn't be expecting our government to be literally funding the research of our enemies to, to, to help strengthen their viral research and viral, you know, all the messing around they're doing with the virus. I mean, I think what terrifies me about this, Jennifer, is China is our enemy. They are not our friends. They want to kill us. They want to end us. And Fauci saying that, that well, we're involved, but it's not that bad. I mean, it is that bad. We're talking about a virus, about a, our enemy creating a virus in the hopes of wiping out most of the population of Earth. Right. And so there's two things with that. And so we, as far as SARS viruses, particularly, we kind of have to play with China a little bit because mostly they originate in China in those caves and with bats and whatnot. So we have to get samples from them or somehow work with them to to get the actual virus, because obviously we don't have them naturally here. But when we go to the point of partnering with them to to do this gain of function stuff, where we know that any knowledge that's possessed by their scientists is going to be possessed by their military and used to our detriment, and we're going to pay for that, that's the problem. And the thing is that Fauci knew uh, that this gain of function research had huge risks to it, not just a lab leak, but just creating bio warfare. And that to the point that our government back in 2014 said, you know, let's do a moratorium on paying for this until we have a good framework, until we have a lot of uh, checks and balances to make sure that we don't create something that's going to kill all of us. And there was exact research going on with Dr. Xi at Wuhan that the government asked them to pause it and Fauci gave them an exception and said, no, go ahead. Keep on going. Do you suspect, what do you think is going on here? Do you, we, I know we, we have to be careful about making presumptions, but we are in the business of, of opining. And what do you suspect is going on here? Like, could it be, I'm always, and I know you are too, and you've taught me this, but you always follow the money. I mean, if you have any questions and something doesn't make sense to you about what government is doing, you always follow the money. I mean, what is going, exactly is going on with Fauci here? Why is he lying about this? Well, I think he's lying because he knew once this came out and they knew early on what this virus was, he went, oh, crap. And he knew that he had been funding this stuff when he wasn't supposed to be, because like uh, I think you and I and a couple of our, of our writers at Red State had been talking privately about this. What was Fauci's motivation here? And public health wasn't a very sexy thing to look at as far as government bureaucrats until last year. Right. So mm -hmm. they had just kind of been flying under the radar getting their billions of dollars to have all the research that they want to have done and just not really telling anyone else about it. But then when this pandemic happened it, and really put a light on them, they went, oh, crap, we need to cover up what we've been doing here, because especially with Trump as president at that time, there would there would have been heads rolling. And 
Well, well, that's what's so crazy to me, though, because on the one hand, everything you just said made perfect sense. On the one hand, okay, they're like, oh, shoot, uh, now now we're in it. But on the other hand, Fauci's been on every magazine cover. He's been throwing out the first pitches at baseball games. I mean, he at Meghan McCain compared him to a Kardashian the other day. I mean, this guy is freaking everywhere. He's got a new book coming out, which pre-sales have been suspended now because suddenly Fauci is, is uh, you know, his star is falling now. But it, that's what's amazing to me. Maybe it's just, I don't know, what do you think? Like, maybe it's just the seduction of of fame and, and power. But, like, you would think that he would just kind of go quietly into the night and hope that people forget about him. And instead, he's just everywhere. Right. So he, I think he's been able to get away with things for so long, been able to spin it, and eventually it just goes away. I have heard through various sources in my investigative reporting that Fauci's a bit of a narcissist and then he gets all of this attention. Of course, that feeds the narcissistic monster. And yeah, and they, they just, sorry, I just thought about another thing that I needed to add on this. So with Fauci, yeah, he's controlled all of these scientists because they control all the funding, right? So they, no one wants right. to offend Fauci. So right. in the email trove right. last week, there was a doctor from Scripps down near San Diego here in California that emailed him and said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm afraid that this looks like it could be engineered. And Fauci basically said, call me. And then got him on the phone with this Peter Daszak from EcoHealth Alliance. And after that, suddenly this author was writing a whole paper about how it was not lab originated. So then yesterday, once this all starts coming out, that, that doctor deleted his Twitter account. Oh my gosh. That it you has guys, some different things on it. Yeah. This so is. He controls a lot of stuff. He doesn't want to give that up. Yeah. I, you know what? That makes sense. And I think that we underestimate how seductive power can be. And especially, as you said, Jennifer, when you're unaccountable, you know, he makes twice what the twice or three times what the president makes a year. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, that it, I think true people just kind of get addicted to the power addicted to the attention i think we saw the same thing happen with uh cuomo in new york right like he, he knew he had all this mm -hmm. dirt underneath him but it was like wow people are praising me <laughs> and and i can't stop i i think what do you think jennifer i think that one of the in hindsight is 2020 but one of i think the greatest mistakes that uh, Trump made probably was not firing Fauci right away or sidelining him in some way. I think he knew he should have. And because there was an election, you know, it might not have been politically expedient, but Fauci's been a disaster and he's rained down suffering on this country because of his selfishness. I agree. But, you know, given what we've seen in all of the, the Fauci emails and then even the Dazak emails where he was basically strong arming scientists into writing papers that it was not a lab leak, uh, but basically saying, hey, they, that's some nice funding you have for that grant there. It would stink if it went away. I'm not sure if anyone would have come out and told Trump, anyone mm. in the scientific community. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Well, okay, Jennifer, um, can you tell people where they can find more of your reporting? You guys have to follow Jennifer. Give them your Twitter account, too, because um, I can tell you from personal experience, Jennifer is a dogged reporter, and she has been on this, like, white on rice. No offense, white people. Uh, so, <laughs> Jennifer, tell Thank people you. where they can find <laughs> you and make sure you follow everything she does over at redstate.com. Thank you. So I'm at, on Twitter at Jen Van Lar, V-A-N-L-A-A-R. And of course, at redstates.com, you can find me and Kara and Scott Hounsel has been 
doing major work on this too. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Jen, and I'll see you uh, at the office. Thank you. All right. That was Jennifer Van Lar, managing editor for redstate.com. Pretty big stuff. We're going to take a break and we will be back shortly. Don't go anywhere. I'm Kira Davis filling in for Tony Katz. And this is Tony Katz Today. Welcome back to Tony Katz Today. I am Kira Davis, editor-at-large for redstate.com, host of Just Listen to Yourself with Kira Davis, and I am filling in for my good friend Tony today and tomorrow. So if you um, don't run away screaming from the sound of my lovely, melodic, not at all annoying voice, and come back tomorrow and hear what I have to say about things. I have a lot of things to say about things. I am a nonstop talker. Uh, just asked my husband. We've been talking about Fauci this hour. I just had a managing editor of Red State, Jennifer Van Lar, on. She mentioned the amazing research we've been doing over at the site. I highly recommend you going over there. You're going to get some stories first. See, we break stories over there that the mainstream will then pick up, but they never credit us because our name is Red State. But we're a legitimate organization. We are legitimate reporters over there and we are doing good work. And Jennifer and Scott Hounsel, who's another one of our dogged investigative reporters, are doing good work on this. And I'll tell you what bothers me the most about what's going on with Fauci, with these lies, with the flip-flopping, with the obvious narcissism, as Jennifer mentioned, that's going on with him and uh, his weirdness on mask mandates. Should we have them? Should we not? Emails saying that they don't work, but press conferences saying that you've got a double mask. What is going on with this guy? You know what? At this point, I don't care. I want him gone. I am so angry. When when Fauci first popped onto the scene, there were a lot of people who were like, fire Fauci. And I was like, okay, this is just the, the pro-Trump crowd being <laughs> a little bit crazy you know I, I like everything doesn't just because someone doesn't like trump everything doesn't that person doesn't need to go but as the as time wore on i kind of got the issue here right and i'll tell you this here's why i think it is important to to make fauci accountable first of all he's in an office that's not elected He's in a job that's an unelected position, and he has had control over policy guiding federal responses to COVID since the start. This man has absolutely no accountability. As we saw, we halted the funding for this gain-of-function research for Chinese scientists. We halted the funding because we thought there might be some danger here. We need to back up and reconsider what we're doing. And he went ahead and did it anyway on his own. Because guess what, folks? He has no accountability or responsibility to the American taxpayer, to the American voter, because he is unelected. These unelected people should not be making these kinds of decisions. And the decisions that Fauci has made in the last year or has encouraged us to make has, has resulted in the suffering, unnecessary suffering of Americans, but especially I think as a mother as ch for, for our children. Because in order to keep the lie going that we've got to keep this um, 
dictatorship like grasp on the American economy and American businesses and schools and never let a good crisis go to waste and all that good stuff. In order to do that, we have to keep we they have to keep as many people as as possible scared. We know that children are not really at risk from this virus. And yet we're being told, well, they can't go to school or they can't play outside without their masks if they're not vaccinated. And and I'm happy to take this vaccine. I don't want to get COVID. Like, I'm happy to take a vaccine. I'm happy if you want to take it. More than happy if you don't want to take it. But I have a real problem with it suddenly being pushed on our kids as if that's what's needed to resume normal life. Because it's only a hop, skip, and a jump to the next thing. You heard Jennifer say that there's still more research going on about at gain of function, right? There, we are, we are at war, people. We do not live on a peaceful planet, and China is not a peaceful partner. They want to kill us. They want to end us. We should not be working with China in any way. If you ask me, I think it's time. The way we would we did this with. Uh, Russians in the 80s, I think it's time to kind of start closing our borders to Chinese uh, aggression, to the massive amounts of Chinese immigration that we're seeing into this country, and to a part and partnerships with China need to end. They are not our friend. They want us to suffer. And so far, they're doing one hell of a job. I'm Kira Davis filling in for Tony Katz. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after the break. <laughs> 